With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Walls across Texas. Texas. With you and my arms. How do you top that, ladies and gentlemen, on a Friday Fun Fest? Ernest Tubb singing Walk Across Texas. How do you top that? I thought that, okay, we'd amp it up a little. We've kind of eased people in with our musical guests here. Uh, we had Linda Ronstadt, pretty mainstream, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fats Domino. We had a week off, then we had Fats Domino. And we did a lot of country a couple of years ago when we did the Friday yes, Fun we did. Fest. Yeah. But we never got as old school as Ernest Tubb, right? Definitely well, not. <laughs> today is Ernest Tubb Day. Uh, born in 1914, lived until uh, 1984. He was nicknamed the Texas Troubadour. And uh, he, he, his first hit was Walking the Floor Over You. We'll play that a little later. 1941. So you're saying he liked to walk. He does. There's a lot. They use it. Well, Fats and Fats like Fats to walk had too. two walking songs yep. too, right? Uh, uh, Tub was born on a car- cotton farm near Crisp in Texas. It's now a ghost town. Uh, and uh, my favorite story about Ernest Tub is apparently Ernest was an affable guy. He was on the uh, uh, the Grand Ole Opry from 40 years, starting in 1943. But there was a guy named Jim Denny who was a big producer, and uh, he kind of uh, ran the Opry as far as booking people. And Ernest liked to drink, apparently. No. And when he when he drank, he could get a little mean and a little out of control. I read something about how when they used to travel around in the uh, in you know they have a the whatever the version of a station wagon was in the 1940s. Ernest to get a little hammered, and he'd try to kick the windows out of the car. So they hired some big bruising 18-year-old kid to pin him to the floor instead of let him kick the windows out of the car. But then the next day he'd get along, and he had some of the great uh, country western musicians of all time that played as part of his band. But in, uh, I think it was 1957, he got himself full of liquor and decided that uh, Jim uh, Denny did, uh, had, had crossed him. And uh, in 1957, he walked in the lobby of the National Life Building in Nashville, where uh, Jim Denny had an office, and he fired a 357 Magnum at somebody who he thought was Jim Denny. Uh, luckily, he was uh, drunk, and he missed the person because it wasn't Jim Denny. And even if it had been Jim Denny, uh, it, uh, you know, it, it, it wouldn't have been good had he hit him. 
But here's the great part. Ernest was, by then, Ernest was a big star in Nashville and uh, very popular. So he shot at the wrong man but did not hit anyone. He was arrested, and guess what the charge was? What? Attempted murder? No. No. Public drunkenness. <laughs> public drunkenness. They, uh, they, uh, they wrote it down to public drunkenness. But uh, uh, 1960s, he had one of the best bands in country music history. And uh, one of his guys, uh, he had two guys at the end, Buddy Charlton and Leon Rhodes. And if you listen to his full songs, he was always a guy who in the middle uh, of his songs would say, let's hear it, Leon. And Leon, you know, he'd identify his guys. But uh, I've... Uh, what was the conversation, do you think, Pat? Uh, go back to that story about the gun incident with the with the sheriff and maybe the arresting deputy. Yeah, right. and so- <laughs> Ernest gets a That's old older. Ernest. He got full Ernie, of whiskey. Ernest got a whiskey in him. He'll be okay. Don't By morning, it'll be forgotten, son. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, of course, uh, in the Country Music Hall of Fame. In uh, the fall of 1965, uh, he uh, had a syndicated uh, TV program called the Ernest Tubb Show, obviously. Uh, in the Country Hall of Fame in 1970. Now, I got to admit. This is for uh, a certain taste today. This is not, uh, Ernest Tubb is not what we should say, modern popular country, I wouldn't say. So, uh, you know, you're you're just going to have to put up with it today because he's my guy, okay? Ernest Tubb, we're going to put up with that, right? Yes, Uh, absolutely. Sure. Sure. And uh, he's, uh, you know, it's different. He uh, also... uh, everybody in country music used to make fun of him for having a lousy voice and he admitted he didn't have much of a voice but it was distinctive it was distinctive. you knew who it was yeah yeah absolutely. you knew it was ernest tubb and uh and uh, not tubbs tubb ernest tubb but uh i like the fact that he was he basically his old man was a sharecropper in a town that's now a ghost town that is pretty and, funny. uh and uh he he ba- he uh he sent uh Jimmy Rogers is like one of the early, early uh, country singers and a legend uh, almost of the Hank Williams uh, Sr. And uh, he sent a letter to his widow asking for an autographed photo, and she basically hooked him up uh, and got him into the music business. But the the great Ernest Tubb is today's... Musical guest. But Sheriff, he kicked out a window. Bah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He shot at the... He didn't shoot at Jim. That wasn't even Jim Denny right. he shot at. It was just somebody else. He got mistaken. That's okay. We'll charge you. We'll fine him 25 bucks for per- public but drunkenness. Sheriff, but Sheriff, he fired a gun. Ah, he didn't hit anybody, did he? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> no. yeah. Yeah, people, I, I saw it suggested that it might have been a little bigger story, let's say, if it was oh, Luke Bryan yeah. or somebody. I, You know what I almost did? Maybe we'll do it next week. Did you see who the uh, twins have signed for this year's concert? Uh, it's Luke not, Bryan. Is it Luke, Luke Bryan? Bryan? Yeah, Luke Bryan and some other uh, guy. He was just here last summer. Didn't he do the U.S. Oh, Bank I, cir- yes, circuit? Yes, yes. Oh, my God. But I thought we could have... You know how you have taste tests of pizzas, different pizzas and stuff? I know where you're going. How about a Kenny Chesney, Luke Bryan... Taste test. Taste test to see which one we like better. Which uh, one, one sucks worse. Yes, which one, is, uh, which one sounds the least like Ernest Tubb, right? <laughs> 
Well, we'll have a hopeful day Ernest Tubb. Give us that hockey score, gentlemen. Boys, it's gonna it's Kenny Olson's gonna be happy. It's now five to one. Alexandria. Oh, Hermantown pulled the goalie. Yeah, yeah. Empty net. Yeah. Yeah. Her, Hermantown pulled the goalie and Alex is left putting them in. How did hey Kenny yes, sir. as a resident, how did they get this great hockey team? I have no idea, but this is fantastic. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I'm from twenty miles away, so I, yeah, I, I, I don't pay attention to what those knuckleheads are doing over in Alec. But man, oh man, this is so cool. But the girls were good this year too, because yeah. weren't they in the tournament? Yeah, yeah. I have no idea if these are local kids or if they're moving kids in like you cheaters down here in the cities. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what. No, what, what but this is this is a this is a monumental upset. This well, is, yeah. uh, to beat Hermantown, Kenny. Yeah. How big is Alexandria now? Population wise, I, I couldn't tell you. Not Chris. huge. It's no. not huge. Okay. No, it gets a little larger in the summer, though. Although not as large as it used to get, but it gets a little. No, yeah, you're right. It's it's a big town in the summer, but you know every town that has lakes around it is. And that okay. was the uh, the captain for Alexandria's third goal. A bunch of hats are now on the ice. Oh, really? That's okay. cool. Well, uh, way to go, Alex. It's nice to see somebody else. Uh, win uh in uh hockey and uh alex of course another one of those towns that when oh. i was a kid alex probably didn't get hockey Patrick, until the 70s alec alec a-l-e-c <laughs> yes but it's only, spelled a-l-e-x but only outsiders and ne'er-do-wells call it alex. <laughs> yes. but why would you call it alec when it's alexandria it's douglas county the way we speak makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> we talk like a bunch of hillbillies yeah, we like well, it that way <laughs> uh, but the population you asked thirteen thousand. okay so, well maybe they thought Alex was plural. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like there's a pair of them. There's left yes, and right. There's a couple Alex, Alex yes. over there. There's North Alex yeah, and left yeah, Alex right, and right Alex. Alex. Right. I'd like to All save right. the puzzle, Alex. All right, way to go. Hey, when we come back, uh, I guess we'll... Uh, I guess we'll uh, help eviscerate the uh, well, Timberwolves a little when we get back. <laughs> And this portion of the Friday Fun Fest on the Ride with Roycey is brought to you by MetaFast. No regrets, no hard feelings, it's over. All the good times together are through. Time of memories to keep me going. I wouldn't take back one moment spent with you. I can't say that your leaving won't hurt me, but it's nothing. You know, uh, it's uh, country music if it didn't have. Uh, Husbands cheating and women leaving, uh, it, there really wouldn't be much to old-time country. Wouldn't be a whole lot of content. It'd be no. tractors and booze. That's about it. <laughs> yes. That's all we'd be left with. And the old-timers, the old-timers, it was all about... Uh, of, uh, all philandering. About philandering, yes. <laughs> uh, with a lot, a lot of philandering. And, and some of those philanderers came to a bloody, gory end, too. Man or, man or woman. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes so, mama got even. Mama, sometimes daddy got even. Because uh, what my favorite song. I wonder if Ernest ever did a version of Miller's Cave. I bet he did. You think you so? Know, Miller's Cave. Miller's oh, Cave is they, a good they, tune. They covered everything. Yeah, he ends up throwing the 
ends up uh, throwing the wife and the and the cheat and the cheating guy down in the bottom of Miller's care, you know, cave with the bats and the bears. Okay. Anyway, uh, so I watched a bit of last night's game once I discovered it was on TNT, but by then it was all over. Uh, they just don't guard anybody. Yeah. And then they don't make shots. Then they don't make three-pointers. That's actually, a bad recipe. Actually, Boston didn't throw in that many three-pointers. But I just, the more you think about it, the moves they made this year, it just reinforces that it's never going to work here. It's never going to work. There's just something. It never, it's never going to work. Like you've always said, it, even when they hire the right guy, it's the wrong yeah, guy. Yeah, even when they, they make they the right trade, the it's the wrong player, trade. The wrong trade. It's it's just never going to work. It's uh, it's an astounding uh, uh, misfortunes that follow this franchise. It's I amazing. did I did see somebody tweet last night that it would be ironic if Ricky Rubio and the Utah Jazz make the playoffs <laughs> and the Timberwolves don't. <laughs> yes, yes, it would. And uh, well, they're. They're playing like game. What? What? Yesterday, nine straight wins in the road for Utah. So yeah. what do, changed with do those our guys? boys have nine all year? I don't know what changed them. It, well, it just, just Donovan started, Mitchell's like yeah, the kid's playing great. great. Yeah, he's and I, I love him. But too. didn't he's they terrific. trade a, a decent player to the Cavs? The, Rod, the Rodney Hood. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Hood. Also, maybe he was yeah. part. Well, of the they problem. also traded Derek, George Hill. They traded George Hill too. Well, no, George Hill was in Sacramento. George okay. Hill left Utah okay. in the offseason, and then he was in Sacramento this year. Mm. And then the Cavs traded for him. So it was an addition by subtraction kind of a deal for the Utah Jazz? I, I'm trying I to know. think, though. I'm trying to think the last time a Minnesota... Now, there were some... The Twins got beat up awful bad, uh, you know, in 2011 when the Joe situation was going on and the team was going in the tank. But... I don't think for a, a three-hour period, I can't remember the last time a Minnesota team got uh, disemboweled on Twitter as bad as the Twimberwolves did last night. It was unbelievable, and yeah. w- particularly Wiggins. And uh, the joy that some people feel with Wiggins' uh, poor play is uh, rather fantastic. So well, I don't know what to do, but I don't know. He's got to make shots, else the whole rest of it's not going to help, you know. On the Utah front, Reavers, they had uh, Rudy Gobert was out for about oh, oh yeah. about six he's weeks or something, player, yeah. and, and yeah, so well, they got the him back, thing. and it's, it's really helped them a lot too. Yeah, okay. but yeah, I mean Wiggins is, I mean, I I just it, it, it's it's interesting because I you know you you look at somebody like Demar Derozan and you think okay, well Wiggins could turn out to be that, and then you look at their numbers. Demar Derozan's numbers his first four years were very similar to what Wiggins has been for the last four years. It, or, but, you know, his uh, first four the, years, but not but this year. That, yeah, not this year. And the problem is, is now you're you're counting on Wiggins actually turning into DeRozan. And I mean, can you really bank on that? I mean, he's you. You'd like to think he has the ability to do that, but he's just not. I don't know. You, you just you just it doesn't look like he's really well. The easy the easy uh, statement. I don't want to say the easy answer, but the easy statement is he got his money. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah but he seen, played like this before it. he got paid and, too. Uh, though. Well, he played pretty good last year. He was. I guess bad. I mean, he was. Kind he of was the, better. He started to play better actually. Ironically, when Zach Levine went down with the, with the knee injury last year, Wiggins started to but pick I guess it up a little bit more. I'm referring to more of his his style of play, more of the yeah. lethar not lethargic, but you know, the more of the kind of laid back. He's always been that kind of a guy. 
Yeah. I mean, it, Even but, back to Kansas, there was there was kind of that thought that, you know, hey, he just doesn't seem like he's engaged all the time. Watching. Maybe he's maybe we'll read on Players Tribune that he you know, that he's got a issue or something. Here, I, here's I what know. I here's what I will say though, and I think there's a lot of you know, he he was the number one overall pick, but people have to remember if Joel Embiid doesn't have all the injuries, because they came out the same year, mm-hmm. twenty fourteen. If he doesn't have all the injuries in he the goes footage, number one. he's yeah. absolutely the number one pick in that draft. So that's well, the only reason why Wiggins so, got picked number uh, one overall. So Sharkman was down here this weekend, you know, John Sharkman, <laughs> mm-hmm. our last weekend. And he's 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 an anti-Wiggins guy for a couple of years, too. And it's easier to be now than it's ever been. But he, he lives in Toronto now, Sharkman, and he insists even at 140, they'd take him. Cause he's a, cause he's still a hero in Toronto. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't. I don't think Toronto would take him. Do you? I don't. I'm. I mean, who are they? I don't think anybody take him the way he's playing this year. I mean, you, you got to make th- shots. I think you can get somebody to take him. It's just, are, what are you going to get in return for him? His value just isn't very high right now. You can't. You yeah, you can't contract. move an asset so like somebody, that. I mean, somebody, yeah. somebody will take him. It's just, what are you going to? What are they going to give up for him? You're probably get. You're probably going to get. Let's 50 say cents on the dollar. Let's say that this season goes south like basically the three of us expect it to because we've watched I'm this. I'm still not convinced they're going to miss the playoffs. Who do they got the last 6 or 7 or 8? Well, they got they they've got Denver twice in their final 4 games. Two of their final 4 games are against Denver and that's one of the teams that's chasing them. Mm-hmm. So you've got, you know, if, if those two teams are neck and neck in the last week of the season, then you're you're going to have a chance right there to to maybe hold on to a playoff. Because the guess, trouble now is if you uh, if you end up as the eight seed, you're uh, three games. You know, you, you four games against, you, or you end up at this, you end up in the seven seed. You're 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 gone in four games. So yeah. But uh, I, I I don't know what were you going to say, Chris? Oh, I was just going to say let, let's just say that they find a way to miss the postseason. There's no way that Wiggins does not get moved, right? I mean, because Tibbs is then at that point, uh, he's yeah, got but, the excuse of, of Butler's injury for this year, but now he's coaching for his life. Yeah, I, but as, as as Manny points out, you can't just give him away. You know, I mean, what the and, hell? And the other thing too is Who, who's gonna, you know, who's gonna. Jimmy Butler's but only I guess here for one from, more year. From the standpoint of just creating roster flexibility, because they have none with that contract on the books. Well, and here's the other, and, and they're going to have to pay Towns too after after next year, right? But here here's here's the thing too, and, and Doogie's talked about this a couple well, of times. Well, Towns gets that, paid now, right? This uh, well, this 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 off season they're going to have to work on an extension. Yeah, yeah that would yeah. be their their window to do it. But here's the thing, and Doogie's touched on this a couple of times too. You know, Tibbs has been open. To moving Wiggins for you know, Kyrie, know, Irving. Kyrie Irving or mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler or whatever, you know, I don't think it was really realistically ever going to happen. But but it was Glenn Taylor was the one who was just like, no, you know, no, hold mm-hmm. on to Wiggins. Any thoughts on Glenn Taylor, Patrick? I think he's uh, doing a fine job as an owner, and uh, <laughs> you know, he's just been he's been plagued by bad luck. Been plagued by bad. Listen, we wouldn't have a franchise. They would have been in New Orleans. That's true. That's true. As the statute of limitations hasn't run out on that one yet. And to, and to Glenn's <laughs> twenty years ago. And, and to Glenn's credit, ago. and and I sincerely mean this too. He's he's for the most part always been willing to to spend the money to try yeah? to put a team no, together. The, there I mean, is it's, that. It's never been an issue with money for him. It's but just the been way an issue that the current right. 
roster is constructed. I mean, watching last night, you kept saying, what am I missing? Because there's well, a disconnect you know, that is, defense. That's what they're but missing. There's a disconnect between this head coach and the style of play that he wants these guys to perform on defense. There's a, there's a disconnect there, and I get that Jimmy was a big part of that, but but they didn't do anything to stop the, the, the Celtics last night. It was embarrassing. And Tibbs was a defensive coach. That's that's I, the that's thing that everybody's questioning. Is, he's supposed but to be a defensive coach. But here's the deal: when you, when you watch him, though, they're. Most nights they're not any better than the other team, and a lot of nights they're worse. You know, not because of effort or anything. It's just they're not quite as good as but, we thought they were. But again, and and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. What's what's going to come back if they end up missing the playoffs? What's going to bite them? I mean, aside from the Butler injury, was all those losses to oh, bad, bad Eastern Conference bad teams? Eastern. They're yeah, come back to, right. to 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 kick them in the rear end. I mean, you lose to Detroit twice. But that's the loss Orlando. of Brooklyn, the loss to Atlanta, but, Orlando. But Pat, I will dispute what you just said, though, only because remember that stretch that they had, including that ass kicking of Cleveland that they had yeah. at the Target Center. They were playing almost as good as some of the elite teams in the league in that stretch. When, when was that? Like mid January, whenever that was. Uh, January, mid January. There yeah. was a stretch there where they were playing really. They really were twenty nine well. and sixteen, and they were sitting in the three spot. In the in the uh, Western Conference, and since then they're thirty eight and twenty nine now. So they've gone remember nine when and this thirteen was, cents. Remember, remember when this was going to be the winner of basketball? Yeah, yeah. The winner <laughs> of basketball. I think we can go back and find. I, I hope I didn't write one of those in October or November. How this was going to be the winner of basketball and the Twin Cities with, the, the, with the, the Gophers and the Timberwolves. Maybe. Oh, All righty, uh, we shall return. Of course, this was the greatest song in uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, but it's uh, Ernest Tubbs' version of In the Jailhouse Now. Today's musical guest, here is Reavers. Thank you, Patrick. And this report is sponsored by Indeed, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at Indeed.com slash hire. It is now a final, Patrick, day three of the 2018 Boys State High School Hockey Tournament. Uh, the Class 1A is done for the day. Orno, the number three seed, defeated number two seed Matamidi 5-4 to four in overtime. And number four seed Alexandria blew out number one seed Hermantown 6-1. to one. So Alexandria and Orno will meet tomorrow for the Class 1A championship. You know how when the uh, Gophers lose and uh, Wisconsin loses, the Gopher fans celebrate? Yeah, or the or the Viking fans and the Packers when sure. the Packers yep. lose. Yep, that's probably what St. Thomas Academy is doing right now. Huh? They <laughs> got beat last. They got beat last night, but Hermantown, they're uh, the evil people who whine so much. The academy had to go up to Class AA. Uh, they probably are enjoying the fact Hermantown got beat six one. Uh, later today in Class 2A action, starting at 6 p.m., number two, Edina will take on number three, Duluth East. Then number one, Minnetonka will battle number five, Centennial, who, as Patrick mentioned, upset number four, St. Thomas Academy, three to two last night. How about I, the. That was the best game of the day, huh? That was By great. Far, and the only close one. Well, Centennial was down two to nothing, and 
to be honest, I watched the first period and almost all of the second. I thought, this isn't going to be a contest because St. Thomas Academy was skating circles around them and Centennial fought back. That was a great game. There are uh, blue-collar kids up there. Who got the well, How long into OT did it take to get the winner? I don't recall off the top of my head. I'm sorry about that. How about yesterday's attendance, by the way, for the two sessions? 37,630 people uh, took in the hockey. And by the way, Pat... Uh, did you see this quote? Duluth East senior Garrett Worth with the million-dollar quote of the day about the matchup with Edina. <laughs> quote, it's East and Edina, the cake from the north against the cake from the south. <laughs> it doesn't get good. any better than that. I absolutely good. love that quote. That's awesome. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, the, the Duluth East used to be considered the rich kids uh, years ago. I don't know if that's still the case or not. Cake from the north and the cake from the south. I love that. Uh, the Wild are in Vancouver tonight to take on the struggling Canucks, who currently have the second lowest point total in the Western Conference. The oh, they haven't caught the Coyotes yet, though. No, the last, I, they're uh, still four points up on the Coyotes. Wow. They uh, they had their run out there and they never got her done, and nope. now they're uh, now they're down in the dumps. That's too bad because that town loves its pucks. Mm-hmm. Did you were you out there to cover that? Series? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that was great. I've heard that going there, basically going there in the spring to cover a hockey series is just a phenomenal trip because it's yeah, just a gorgeous it was, city. Uh, it was. I remember being on the plane flying back after the Wild stayed alive and game winning game five, passing the phone around and the uh, the cell phone around, and everybody booking nine hundred dollar plane tickets to come back because <laughs> because uh, we uh, we we figured that we would have to be back there for game seven. Wasn't that Bertuzzi? Where Bertuzzi supposedly uh, when he went up to the Wild fans him, waiting in line for tickets, waiting in line for game. Uh, <laughs> they were waiting in line for uh, game four, right, or Is for it, game six? Game six, yep. But this was, the, yeah, you're not going to need those or something yeah. like that. I can't remember what it was. That's trolling at its but finest. it was, uh, but it was after game. What? How was it? Because it it couldn't have been before game six. It had to be like. After game four. It must have been after thing. game four. Game four, they went here. up three to one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, by the way, the Wilds sit with 83 points, which is fourth best in the West. This will be the first of a back-to-back for the Wild. They are in Edmonton tomorrow night. Puck drop tonight from Rogers <laughs> Arena is at poor, 9 p.m. Poor Judd, so depressed on how well the Wilds play, and he had to go over and start savaging the Wolves last night. <laughs> <laughs> well, after a year of just... Absolute celebration of the uh, of the Wilds uh, woes. He's now he's now got to switch sports. Well, yes. Or earlier today, I think it was during a commercial break of their show. You know, I was sitting out here at Johnny's desk doing some news, and I said we were watching the uh, the Orno game, and I said, "Well, did you go over and take in some high school?" I said, "Oh no, no, no. I had to go over and watch the meltdown by the Wolves." I said, "Judd." Do you enjoy any part of your job and any part of sports? Is there anything you take joy in? He said, I yeah, savagery. My, I consider my protege. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, by the way, our loons are back in action tomorrow night for game number two in the 2018 season. They will take on the Orlando City. Uh, Come on. I forgot just that quick Magic. Game. No, it's not the magic. <laughs> Predators. Nope. Patrick, you want to guess? Uh, I don't think they're criminals. United <laughs> FC. No. United City FC. Nope. The Orlando City Lions tomorrow night. Lions. Oh, oh, 
I've never heard them call the Lions. Okay. Uh, kickoff tomorrow night is at 6.30, and of course you can hear the action right here on your home for Minnesota United FC, 1500 ESPN. You know what the best part of that arena was, that stadium they got right there? It used to be about four blocks away. Oh, in Church Orlando? chicken, man. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Big jerk and chicken. Jerk. Church's chicken stand. If I if I knew I was going to do some drinking that night, I'd take myself home a big box of Church's chicken. So you get yourself full of gin, and then about one thirty, about one thirty in the morning, you put your face in the church, Church's oh. chicken. Go to work, God grease. Clog these arteries. Oh, what a life that was! That uh, was fun back then, man. All right, thank you. We'll be back. Oh boy! You know, I, you know, who I feel sorry for those people who accidentally turned to the FM AM dial on their uh, on their way home. What in hell is this? That, ladies and gentlemen, is Ernest Tubb, the great Ernest Tubb, forty years on the Opry, and. Uh, a distinctive voice, to say the least. You know, a lot of stations around the country, Patrick, they have their, their signature. They have their staple. And mm-hmm. nowhere else are you going to get twangy country music <laughs> on the AM dial than you are right here on the Friday on a, Fun On Fest. an alleged sports show. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And uh, who knows? <laughs> and who knows what we're going to come up with next? All right, Reavers, uh, Mr. Baseball, talk to me. I uh, went up. Uh, I, I, I've been fascinated by uh, what's going on here with the Tampa Bay Rays. The that, four-man uh, staff. Yeah, they or the rotation. Excuse me. They they had said last week that they were going to a four-man rotation in April and early May because all the days off, right? Eight mm-hmm. days off. And the Twins are going to do the same in April. Uh, the Twins, I think, have like two bullpen games they have to have if they do that unless they call somebody up or give somebody a start. But third, then it came out Wednesday, uh, Mike, Mark, our friend Mark, Mark Topkin reported, no, they're going to try to do this all season long. Now, they're not saying that it's going to work, that they might hit the wall, but here's the deal. It's a five-day rotation, but you use four starters. Boom, 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 right? Can I ask you a quick and, question? How yeah. much of that do you think, and maybe you maybe you mentioned this and I missed it, but how much of that came about because of the added days off that MLB is instituting this year, which is why the season is starting so early this uh, year? I think probably you get even more days off in April than you do. But I think this is okay. We're always getting ourselves, we need eight relievers, right? Mm-hmm. We're always getting ourselves stuck with a three-man bench because we got 13 pitchers. And no matter how much we vow to ourselves we're only going to have 12 pitchers, you end up with 13 pitchers. Well, instead of deducting one of the relievers, they're deducting the starter who might give them 100 innings. But you got how many underused relievers do you have as far as innings are concerned? That are not, occupying not as far spot. As, yep. Yeah. So here's what you got. You got uh, they they're going to have four guys with starting experience, basically be half of their bullpen, and then the other half will be the setup guys. And the so I, I figured it out for the Twins if they could do this. And you at the end of the game, you you got Rodney Reed. 
Duke, D- Duke, uh, Taylor Rogers, and Hildenberger, right? Mm-hmm. So you got Presley, Busenitz, and uh, and Tyler Duffy. And let's the Duff say he's, he's the other one, or Phil Hughes. Well, they they're they're one short as far as long men are concerned, so they probably can't do it. But what they're going to do is, okay, uh, these these you you got the 12 man or 13 man bullpen and these guys are pitching 55 games in 62 innings right when guardy you know 62 innings they're going to they're going to have four guys they're going to try to get 100 innings out of and uh and they think you know what's wrong with a if you use a reliever twice a week and get three innings out of him once and four innings out of him uh another time that's seven times twenty-six. That's a, you're not going to get that many, but you can use these guys twice a week for three or four innings instead of three times a week for one inning. And like you know Gar- what Gardy used to do, and you save yourself a hundred and some innings. But more, and you know, obviously the fifth starter would have pitched a hundred some innings too. But you're also saving yourself that roster spot. You can you can you can have four players on the bench. And not to mention Patrick because I thought about this more after we had this conversation yesterday. How much more of this will be driven by the analytics crazed world yes. in which baseball currently lives and saying, well, a guy and I'm going to use him as an example. A guy like Phil Hughes, okay, he can go out there and start give you three innings, but then yes. after he gets through that that batting order a second time, he's less effective. So then, we we don't want to just and then, and not use the, him, but we can get the, three innings out of him. But the problem then is, okay, but Phil's going to have to be able to pitch. If he does this on Tuesday, he's going to have to be able to pitch on sure. Friday. Sure, but I'm saying... He's going to have to... But if he goes three innings and throws 50 pitches, instead of having him throw between starts, he throws on Friday, Because right? you know that if Tampa has success with doing this, that the big money teams are going to follow suit. You know that that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Well, in 1968... A guy named Rube Walker was coaching the Mets, and it it had always been a four man rotation for you know forever, and uh, and but he had uh, Seaver, Nolan Ryan, Kuzman, uh, who's still alive, guy, guy named John Matlack. Yeah, I killed him off, but uh, <laughs> I called him up and apologized. Uh, is it my fault? There's two Jerry Kuzmans who came from Appleton. It's not Minnesota. your fault. Not my fault. No, I saw somebody sent me an obit. What? I was saddened. I was, I was desperately ill that uh, Kuz had died, and then it turned out. Now I feel bad about the other guy. Hey, but, Kuz, uh, that's Roycey. I got yeah, a great piece uh, written about you. But congratulations, you're, still alive. you're, still, <laughs> you're not. The good news is you're not the first guy I killed off. So, uh, but. They had all those young pitchers, and Rube Walker was a longtime big league catcher, and he believed that there was only so many bullets in an arm. Uh, so he he went to the five-man rotation, and back then it was, oh, what a stupid idea. He's pampering these pitches. And then a year later, the inept Mets won the World Series, and, of course, by the mid by 73 or 4, everybody had a five-man rotation, and they've had a five-man rotation for a half a century. And I so. still think, too, because of the way we're seeing a shift now in... I mean, look at look at, look at at how this offseason transpired and how so many of these front offices were saying, we're not shelling out a seven-year... I mean, you, Darvish, was one example, about- but... You know, you're seeing that th- there are so many teams that are becoming smarter with the way that they're devoting innings, about, pitches, and, and dollars. Moose Moustakis, who was yeah. offered all that money uh, what, last 
you know, before last season by Kansas City coming back for six and a half, coming back for the same contract Logan Morrison got. As somebody said, they both hit 38 home runs. Uh, 38 home runs don't pay off like they used to. Right no, now. in fact, he ended up signing for exactly half of what he was offered in arbitration on a one-year deal. Think about that. That is coming back with your tail between your legs. All righty. We shall return, and uh, we will have this day in history. It's a sad one. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? Uh, that is not Ernest Tupp, by the way, folks, if you're uh, wondering. Uh, 1997, on this day in history, the notorious big, Biggie Smalls, was killed in Los Angeles yeah. in a still unsolved murder. Right, Manny? They still do not. Still unsolved. Uh, and the uh, LAPD detective, his name escapes me, but uh, he was trying to investigate the murder and uh there were, he was running into all kinds of roadblocks and of course and then he uh he just passed away just a couple of years ago so it is uh, an unsolved uh mystery uh biggie uh small's real name uh christopher wallace and i i, I can never figure out how come the uh rap stars always change their name the biggie smalls and notorious big and uh i get very confused uh like puffy i don't know how many different names he had but anyway uh this day in 1997, Biggie Smalls was murdered. 